since I am used to doing strange things at Holmes's request, for he has often proved to have legitimate reasons which might be hidden from me at the time, but which eventually are revealed, I quickly did as ordered, all the while wondering what new case might be afoot. Poor Mrs. Hudson, however, who is not often a part of our adventures, should they lie beyond the doorstep of 221B, was less hasty, and suffered a great deal under Holmes's contempt in his impatience. Although he said nothing, his scowl and disapproving glower had her nearly in tears, and I felt deeply sorry for her distress. "'Is it so bad as all that, Holmes?' I asked him, in a whisper so as not to worry the good woman. "'Whatever it is, is it so dangerous that even Mrs. Hudson is not safe here?' Holmes only frowned at me and shook his head slightly, as if I were so far off the mark as not to make any sense to him. It is only that she is needed, he said in a low voice. Danger, well. His words trailed as some new thought seized his tireless mind. As soon as Mrs. Hudson was packed and had satisfied herself that 221 was secure in its abandonment, Holmes ushered us into a waiting cab and we were rushed to King's Cross. He pressed us into a private compartment that had evidently been reserved ahead of time on a train north to Yorkshire, and once settled, he refused to speak. Mrs. Hudson and I exchanged many confused and concerned glances, but Holmes only stared somewhat mournfully out the window at the rapidly passing countryside. Knowing how he feels about the country in general, I was rather surprised at his interest in it then. I myself eventually dozed off and had to be shaken awake by Holmes when the train came to our stop. I did not catch the name of the Dale at the depot, so I had no idea where we might be or where we were headed. Indeed, to this day I could not tell the name of our location on that afternoon. A closed carriage was waiting when we alighted from the train. I expected someone might be waiting inside it, perhaps whomever had hired Holmes, and was surprised when, looking in, it was empty. A short, middle-aged man with yellow hair and who smelled of horses, loaded our luggage for us. Mr. Sherlock, he addressed Holmes, not too formally, but with a wide smile that showed uneven teeth a shade darker than his hair. Are you a sight, sir? Holmes did not smile. The long travel had made him weary. Carter, he said, is the house in order? Just as you said it, sir, answered Carter his grin never faltering. Don't see how you'll manage without staff, though. Besides me and my Sarah down the lane, that is. We'll manage, Holmes assured him blandly. Carter nodded, and Mrs. Hudson and I followed Holmes into the carriage, little wiser than when we'd left London that morning. A little over an hour later, the house came into view. <laughs>